Here we are, Locked On NFL Monday edition. I'm Brian Peacock alongside the scout Matt Williamson. We're taking you around the league daily here on the Locked On Podcast Network. So much to get into today. We're breaking down all of Sunday's action. And before Matt joins me, actually, we're going to talk with Kevin Ostriker first, host of Locked On Ravens, fresh after that Sunday night victory, Baltimore Ravens handing the New England Patriots their first loss of the season, 30 7 to 20. Kevin, also a contributor to the Ravens Wire. It's a pleasure to chat with you tonight after this huge win over the New England Patriots. Oh man, I am excited. I am very, very excited right now just because this was the Ravens Super Bowl and the Ravens came out and they proved that they belong up there with the big boys. They deserve to be talked about like an elite NFL team. Lamar Jackson has arrived. The running game has arrived. The defense played a lot better today and just overall tonight, the game was spectacular aside from that second quarter. Yeah, there's only one unbeaten left in the NFL, the San Francisco 49ers. I had to throw that in as the host of Locked On 49ers as well. The New England Patriots suffering their first loss of the season, 37-20 to in Baltimore. You mentioned the defense there. Early in the season, there was some big-time worry about the Ravens' defense, but they got after Tom Brady with the pass rush in this one, and... Uh, my question is, how have Humphrey, Earl Thomas played with the addition of Marcus Peters back there in the secondary? Have they found a secret sauce? Well, Marcus Peters gives the Ravens a dynamic that they didn't have before. Marcus Peters is known as a guy who's a hit or miss guy in terms of tackling, in terms of coverage. But the Ravens need a guy on defense who's going to be that risk taker, who's going to be able to get an interception when they need it, make a big play. And we saw that last week in Seattle with his pick six that ultimately turned the game in favor of the Ravens. The Seahawks were driving and Marcus Peters stepped up and made a play. During this game against the Patriots, Marcus Peters didn't have as big of an impact, but he did lead the team in tackles along with Patrick Owasso. They both had eight on the night. And I think that with Marlon Humphrey, you have an elite corner who can travel with anybody. You talk about Marlon with Stephon Gilmore, with Jalen Ramsey, with all of those guys. And people who aren't Ravens fans might not know who he is at this moment, but he's going to ascend, and he's already been ascending very rapidly. What you have with Earl Thomas as a guy is, you know, we've seen over the years in Seattle and now with Baltimore. He's the captain of this defense, a quiet leader. And the Ravens rally behind him just because of his ability to stop those big plays. We saw him nab an interception that Tom Brady overthrew and was able to run it back for a few yards here. And I think that while Thomas hasn't been blowing it up on the stat sheet, quarterbacks haven't been targeting him on that side of the field. You add in Marcus Peters to that equation. You add in Jimmy Smith to that equation. You also have Brandon Carr who can play a bit of safety as well. The Ravens' pass rush might not be where it wants to be right now, although it did look improved. But the secondary right now, is it the best it's ever been throughout the season? So Baltimore was able to jump out to a 17-0 lead, most of it because of that running game. And I believe the number was around 5.5, 5.7 yards per carry before contact. Baltimore was averaging in the first half and Mark Ingram, 15 carries for 115 yards. He was averaging 7.7 yards per carry. Lamar Jackson, another 16 or 61 yards on 16 carries, two touchdowns, and also threw a touchdown. I was thinking, so put me in your mindset. Ravens jumped out to that 17-0 lead in the second quarter, then a fumbled punt return. Did you think, uh uh-oh, there it is. Even with the like three-score lead right there, did it feel more like a three-point lead? Because then, of course... A Muhammad Sanu touchdown followed that, then a three and out for the Pats defense. Did you feel like maybe that momentum was gone and the Patriots might be like, okay, enough screwing around here. Let's go take this football game back. You know, at that point in time, I did. I knew the moment Cyrus Jones fumbled that football that, look, 
You can't have those mistakes against the Patriots. Very rarely do you have even one of those, and you come out with a win against New England, whether it be in Gillette or in your home stadium. And we saw that towards the end of the first half, the Patriots pretty much after that Cyrus Jones fumble dominated that quarter. They made adjustments to the offense. Their defense played spectacularly. And overall, I think that in that moment, I did believe that, okay, we're up by three scores right now, but the moment Cyrus Jones fumbled that football, you know, (laughs) The Ravens were able to go into halftime, make the adjustments that were needed. There was a big momentum shift with that fumble that Julian Edelman had that Marlon Humphrey returned for a touchdown. So it was big for the Ravens to come out strong in that second half. You mentioned earlier that this was your Super Bowl. You would probably have to go through the Patriots again, potentially on the road in New England. Do you think maybe you put too much on film out there for Bill Belichick? You know, coming in, that was the concern that I had. I believe that if the Ravens put their whole offense on the field in this game against the Patriots, they would have a pretty good chance of winning. I didn't believe the Ravens were going to pull this win out, actually, because, you know, these are bright lights. Lamar Jackson is still a very young signal caller, but he proves the doubt is wrong week in and week out. Everybody has their games. But in terms of putting things on a film for the Patriots, there were a few things that Ravens fans, myself included, hadn't seen before. But I still believe that The Ravens knew coming into this game that they didn't want to put too much on film for exactly the reason you just mentioned. And I think that you saw a pitch to Hollywood Brown that went for a big gain, a few other quote-unquote tricky plays here and there, but nothing too expansive. And I think that you're right. The Ravens want to get to that Super Bowl this year. They know that they don't want to put the blueprint on that offense. And every week it seems like they unleash a bit more of that offense in little, little spurts. And I think that was the same this week. The Ravens didn't put too much out there on film. And I think that's the key because last year you saw with the Chargers game in the playoffs, the Ravens played them a few weeks earlier. The Chargers came into MNT Bank Stadium and had a complete blueprint for beating Lamar Jackson. Now it's different though. Lamar Jackson can throw the ball. He's always been able to throw, but that's a bigger part of his game now. He is a quarterback. He's learning to pass inside the pocket with greater accuracy, greater decision-making. And so it's harder to stop him. Even if you have the film, Lamar's just that much of an athlete where he can run and throw the ball. And even if you have the blueprint, There sometimes just isn't anything you can do to stop it. Huge win for Lamar Jackson, proving he's ready for prime time and the Baltimore Ravens. Kevin, thank you so much for joining the show here on Locked On NFL. You guys can find Kevin on Twitter at Locked On Ravens and at KOSTriker34. And of course, you can find Locked On Ravens on all of your favorite podcast apps. Kevin, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's an exciting win. Great time to be a Ravens fan. Coming up, Matt Williamson jumping back on with me to break down the rest of the Week 9 action. Most guys have tried different ways to last longer, but saying the Pledge of Allegiance in your head or counting backwards from 10 doesn't always work. The folks at Roman, a men's health company, are changing the game with Roman Swipes, a clinically proven way to last longer in bed. They're effective, easy to use, and fast-acting, but don't require a prescription. Roman can ship swipes to you in discreet, unmarked packaging, and each swipes packet is small enough to hide in your wallet for whenever you need it. Swipes are great. They will not transfer to your partner, so you can last longer without worrying. They're super easy to use. Just take swipes out of the packet, swipe it on, let it dry, and you're good to go. That's it. And now get $10 off your first order of swipes and free two-day shipping at GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL, one word, LockedOnNFL, for $10 off your first order of Roman swipes and free two-day shipping. GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL. 
Okay, Locked On NFL, we're back with Matt Williamson here to break down all of Sunday afternoon's action. There was a lot of good games. Went to OT with the Seahawks and the Buccaneers. The game I want to start with, though, Matt, is that Chiefs-Vikings game. Came down to the wire. 26-23, the Chiefs improved to 6-3. and The Vikings fall to 6-3. and And uh, I think there's a few things that stand out. First of all, Matt Moore holding his own there at the helm for Kansas City while Pat Mahomes is out. Yeah, and both these teams look like uh, certainly contenders. They're both 6-3. and three. They're both in pretty good shape, but this is a game the Vikings could have got and didn't. But, hey, Green Bay didn't look so good. Meanwhile, the Chiefs division is starting to pick things up a little bit. You know, Maybe the Chargers are going to get back in the mix. So real interesting how a day can change just a little bit in a division. One thing I took away from it, and it's not – Super critical of the Vikings, but I wrote a little blurb about this that, you know, I'm sure that job number one for Zimmer this this week was, hey, we're probably playing a backup quarterback. We can't allow the big play. And to me, that's kind of the reason they lost. You know, Damian Williams had a 91-yard touchdown. Tyreek had a 40-yard touchdown, a 30-yard catch, and a 41-yard catch. But other than that, they held the Chiefs to 56 yards rushing and 119 yards passing. So they did their job, did their job, did their job. Oh, damn breaks. You know, and that's partially what the Chiefs are. And you play against Tyreek Hill, that's a, a massive problem he presents. But it shows two things. Like, the one thing you couldn't do, you did. And... The Chiefs, even if things are struggling, are never out of things. And Moore did play well, to your point. Did you see how fast Tyreek Hill was going on that Damian Williams I'm touchdown? I'm glad you brought that up, yeah. It was insane just watching him run. Because Damian Williams is fast. He was running away from the Minnesota defense. And Tyreek Hill, who was standing flat-footed at the 20-yard line, had caught him by the other 20-yard line. That was uh, that was wild. And you saw his speed not only on that play, but his six catches for 141 yards, all the big plays you you mentioned. And, and it's a different team with Tyreek Hill, and he's just a, a different dude when it comes to his wheels. Yeah, and it, wasn't it Friday or maybe it was Thursday you and I were talking about, like, okay, Leonard Fournette, Nick Chubb, they run 21 miles an hour or whatever, and they're the fastest dude that they clocked. And I'm always like, there's no way they're faster than Tyreek Hill. Well, <laughs> Williams, I think, got over 20 miles an hour and was trucking and ran away from everybody else. But there's my point in a nutshell. No one's they're not faster than Tyreek Hill. Right. And most of those numbers we hear are ball carriers. So it's going to slow yeah. you down a little bit. Uh, and actually, Hill on that play, I saw a number for that uh, on the on the Damian Williams touchdown run where Hill caught him. He was running 22.6 miles per hour, and uh, that's actually the sixth fastest in the NFL this season, just pure speed, not as a ball carrier or anything. Okay. I bet I mean, most of them are just those guys who run four threes and are gunners on special teams and have a, have the ability to run you know, 40 yards in a straight line. That's probably where all the fastest numbers are coming from. Right. I mean, they're not running a route or stopping right. to catch a ball, stopping starting, of course. Right. But uh, with the ball in their hand, with pads on, whatever, I'll take Tyree Kill in any any race on a football field. Yep, I agree. Harrison Butker, field goal, three seconds left to win it now. Both teams, six and three. And here's a little note from Jay Glazer during the game that I saw. He said, the reason Mahomes isn't playing right now is because the doctors told them he had a 40% chance of re-dislocating his kneecap if he plays Ooh. inside of 21 days, and that goes down to 10 or 15% after 21 days, today is only 17 days in. So 
that would make me believe you wouldn't want to play him next week either. And potentially, I mean, 10, 10 to 15% even is not a great number if they're still winning games with Matt Moore. Yeah, but the division's getting more competitive. I'd be shocked if he's not out there next next week. I mean, I bet he's making Andy Reid crazy too, kind of like Drew Brees a couple weeks ago. How do you keep him off the field if he is mostly healthy? I don't know. 10 to 15 doesn't sound so bad to me. Moving on to that London game, the Texans over the Jaguars, 26-3. to Not a lot of notes from this game. I actually did not watch it a little too early, 6.30 a.m. start time for me over <laughs> oh, here on yeah. the West Coast. But Carlos Hyde going for 160 yards. Deshaun Watson, not huge numbers, efficient, and a pair of touchdown passes. Yeah, but he had some spectacular, too. And I didn't realize how bad his eye was before until before that game. And Watson played a very, very good game and is taking, I mean, is certainly taking over as one of the best players in the league, in my opinion. Uh, Minshew, he didn't play bad at all. And to me, he should be the starter going forward. But two late picks and a fumble probably didn't help his cause to keep Nick Foles on the sidelines much longer. But it's kind of interesting in that, this game seemed more competitive than the score would indicate here, too. It wasn't like the Texans just owned them from the beginning. Hopkins got involved. I think they have a find here. And Fells, I thought the Texans linebacker stood out pretty well. But, you know, the, the Jags rushed the passer. It was just hard to get Watson on the ground. I mean, he was the best player out there, probably. Moving on to a game that went about exactly as we expected. The Buffalo Bills handle their business at home, beating the Washington Redskins 24-9. Yeah, and the Redskins are in a very bad place, and now Miami won. Ooh, I mean, the top of the draft is pretty exciting stuff all of a sudden. It's not just Miami's, you know, just to own. But they, I guess they win the tiebreaker, lose the tiebreaker, whatever, with, with Miami for that first overall pick since they went head-to-head. And Bills fans, correct me if I'm wrong, but I didn't feel like they just dominated this from the get-go and it was non-competitive. I mean, I, Buffalo won. I think they were the better team. I'm not cutting on the Bills. But it didn't seem like it was a dominant performance by Buffalo. Let's jump into that Dolphins game. The Dolphins winning their first game of the season, 26-18, over the Jets, who fall to 1-7. and seven. Basically, you come away from this game thinking, the Adam Gase watch is on because it has to be officially on in New York after losing to the worst roster in football. Right. I mean, uh, should we even exclude the Jets from first overall pick status? I mean, they're also no. one in seven. Don't look like they're getting any better anytime soon. I honestly can't comment a lot on this game. I mean, there's very few red zone. I haven't got a chance to go back and watch much of it yet. But that's the takeaway for me is obviously the Dolphins. One, they're playing better in spurts the last month or so. They're not nearly as embarrassing as they were to start the season. So losing to them certainly still holds a stigma, a negative stigma, but it's not as bad as they were early on. But boy, I mean, I mentioned the Redskins are in a bad place. The Jets are in a bad place. Yeah, and the Jets might be able to block that division rival Dolphins from getting the top pick at quarterback, which would be a very interesting scenario because no matter how many first-round picks you have, would the Jets be willing to trade with the Dolphins to allow them to get that quarterback, even if the if, even if the Jets didn't want to draft a quarterback? So some interesting things to think about at the top. And actually, the best week of the year so far for the Cincinnati Bengals on a bye, the only right. uh, winless team left in the NFL, they get to sit at home, gain draft position, and not lose. Yeah, and 
maybe the Jets just take Chase Young like your Niners did and say, we'll just take the dominant pass rusher and go from there. We much draft talk down the future, but that's an interesting thing to talk about for sure. Absolutely. The Philadelphia Eagles beat the Bears 22-14. to Eagles now 5-4. and The Bears in rough shape at 3-5 uh, at and five now. Yeah, and again, the Bears are in a bad spot too. I mean, they had 10 yards of offense at halftime. I mean, 10. But the one thing I did take away, and it's been pretty obvious over the last couple of weeks, and it might not matter, but when this offense goes through David Montgomery and they keep feeding him the ball, they at least have a chance. And he's a good receiver. He's a good young player. Maybe if they'd have done that from the beginning, who's to say if he was ready or not? It's hard to comment on rookies. But at least gives them a fighting chance. I mean, otherwise, they have nothing to hang their hat on on that side of the ball. Right. Yeah. Montgomery did have the two touchdowns and Mitch Trubisky, 10 of 21, 125 yards. And it's just painfully obvious that he's not the guy for you. They did not make a move at the deadline for a quarterback, which blows me away. Even if they would get even if it was the third string quarterback on somebody's roster, just another arm, just another player to look at to try to figure something out there. Who knows? Maybe they get some magic. But at some point, the locker room is going to say, look, we can't keep coming out here every week if our quarterback's not going to just hold his head above water. Right. No, you're 100% correct. And maybe they have an offseason plan lined up. I mean, maybe they have somebody in mind or uh, my hunches are going to be looking in a big way. Uh, I didn't mean to overlook the Eagles, though. They're now five and four. Two nice wins um, over the Bills and the Bears. And I think we might look back at that Bills game last week and said, OK, that's when the real Eagles started mm-hmm. to show up. Um, the Deshaun Jackson returned, but left quickly in this game. I can't like seeing that, but. Um, at least they're moving in the right direction and they're certainly rooting for the Giants tomorrow night. Yeah, things are not done there in the NFC East between the Eagles and the Cowboys. That should be a fun one down to the wire because it doesn't look like the team that is in second place there is going to get into the playoffs. No, I don't think they will, right? I think one team comes out of the East and we'll see what happens Monday night. By the time, you know, some of you might be listening, that may have already happened. Who's to say? I think the Cowboys are a really good team, but the Eagles are going in the right direction and I'm still a big Wentz believer. And how did the Cowboys lose to the Jets, by the way? Yeah, right. I mean, I know they didn't have a couple guys, but geez, that doesn't look so good. Yeah, that does not look good for them right now. All right, let's uh, keep going. we got more games to get to here in segment number three. Long day at work, still stuck at the office. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code Locked On. Your Steelers at home, narrowly defeating the Indianapolis Colts. The Steelers now, look out. They got a 500 record, 4-4 four and four on the season. The Colts falling to 5-3. and three. That AFC South, very tight now with uh, the, the Texans and the Colts, both with three losses on the year. And there was the, basically, <laughs> I keep, I, as a draft guy, I keep watching every Steelers game watching, okay, Minka, was the Minka trade a good trade, right? And Minka has a pick six in this game. And every time he plays well, that helps the Steelers win. Every time the Steelers win, that makes the Minka trade look better because the pick is worse that they traded away to give him. That's the way I look at Steelers games right now. Yeah, I don't blame you. It's a fun way to look at it from that perspective. It's not like they're going to be picking second overall. And you're like, oh, that could have been Chase Young. Um, right. But he's definitely worth it. He's a difference maker on that defense. I can't even remember in my lifetime when they had a 
deep center fielder type like that with such range and playmaking ability. Troy Polamalu is obviously a much different type of safety. But unfortunately, my takeaway from this game was injuries and officials had more to say in it than I would have liked. And a lot of questionable calls down pass interferences and, you know, should they replay it and or should they overturn it and red flags and Brissett gets hurt and, Unfortunately, T.Y. Hilton didn't play from the very start, which I think really hampers this team. So it's a good win by the Steelers. It's a much-needed win. They're at 500. But I feel like if they would have played this game, you know, 100 times, it probably would have been 50-50. Yeah, and you nailed it. I kind of buried the lead there with the Jacoby Brissett injury. He left the game in the second quarter. Knee injury, it looks like it might be a knee sprain. They're still awaiting MRI, so it's not clear exactly what that's going to be. Potential for him to be back in a week. Potential for him to be out in a while, for a while. Brian Hoyer, uh, Brian Hoyer, threw that pick six to Mika Fitzpatrick, but otherwise threw three touchdown passes and, and played pretty well in some uh, emergency duty for the Colts and and played really well. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm not sure the game would have been a lot different with Brissett, and I'm a huge Brissett fan, but mm-hmm. Hoyer played a very good game. Absolutely. And uh, I didn't mention the Adam Vinatieri miss that would have given. Yeah, that was wow. the game winner he lined up for and uh, missed it badly wide left, and that sealed it for Pittsburgh. Yeah, that might be a wrap for Mr. Vinatieri. Yeah, hey, he's had a good run, man. He's had a pretty good run, he's yeah. It's got to really come to an end run. sometime before age 50. I mean, I would have liked to see 50, and it hurts me every time one of the NFL players that are still left that's older than me retires. But, uh, you know, eventually I'll be older than every NFL player. But I hope it, I hope it keeps lasting. I hope, I, you know, the breezes of the world and the Tom Brady's uh, and maybe even Vinatieri just keep going. Keep How playing, old is Vinatieri man. again? I think he's 45. Yeah, I say I don't think anybody's older than me. I'm 46. I thought he's oh. the only one that was close. So <laughs> you <laughs> could have gone to high school gone. together. That's another way to look yes. at it. It's like, okay, we could have gone to high school. So you know, within three or four years. Um, let's move on to the Titans and the Panthers. The Panthers rebounding from a huge loss last week. They beat the Titans at home, 30 to 20. It sounds like some bad news on Cam this morning. I need to look more into that, but it sounds like he is not coming back anytime soon. Any quarterback with the last name Allen gets a W today. All three. That's first time in history. Pretty crazy. Wow, okay. Um, Huge win for the Panthers. Rebounding after getting their butts kicked by your Niners. And what I took away from it is just so obvious. It's like Christian McCaffrey just lights up the world no matter what. And no one even mentions it anymore. It's just so routine. Like, oh, yeah, (laughs) McCaffrey went insane again. I mean, he is playing so well. More McCaffrey doing McCaffrey's things, and he's still sticking around, I think, in that MVP debate. But uh, I think the next game here, the Seattle Seahawks, their quarterback might be the guy that's uh, right now putting himself way ahead in that MVP category, and that is Russell Wilson after the Seahawks beat the Buccaneers 40-34 to in overtime and wild shootout there in Seattle. Yeah, I think we called for a shootout because I just got a tweet right before we recorded this saying, didn't you guys basically call this game dead on? And I'm like, I think we did. Um, I started a lot of fantasy people here. gave a lot of fantasy yep. advice to get people in your lineups. Um, I still didn't think Mike Evans would do this yet again. Winston, from the most part, played really well, but made a big error, and that hurt them and could have been maybe the difference in the game. But you're right. Wilson's just so good, and the game's never over. I mean, it reminds me of, like, Rodgers in his prime or – I used to talk about like Roger Staubach, you know, like just such control of the game. And even though you're down heavy early on or whatever, it's, it's not like, oh, the Seahawks are in trouble. Boy, DK Metcalf is coming on well. 
Lockett is consistently great. Uh, they're a good team, and again, it's coaching a quarterback. I mean, they're not super duper talented, but Wilson is the MVP, I think. And it's definitely not surprising. We had talked about starting your fantasy players in this game. The one thing that did surprise me, though, is one of the better run defenses in the league with Tampa Bay. They got beat there on the ground. Chris Carson over 100 yards on 16 yeah. carries. He did have a fumble, though. But you're right, the passing game there. Russell Wilson leading him down for the game winner, first of all. But 378 yards, five touchdown passes. The game winner to Jacob Hollister. The second touchdown to Jacob Hollister. Probably did not start him in your fantasy league. <laughs> Maybe you did. Uh, but DK Metcalf, career high, 123 receiving yards on six catches. And he really started to look confident, like he was feeling it a little bit. A great catch down the sideline on that game-winning drive at the end of the game. He had a touchdown in Tyler Lockett, 152 yards and two scores. So they lit it up through the air. Yeah, they did. And it's kind of just what Wilson does time and time again. I know the draft community was really split on Metcalf, but they ask him to do what he does well, and they don't ask him to do what he doesn't do well. And yep. I mean, sometimes it's that simple in scouting. Like, he's big and fast. We'll let him do big, fast things. Right, yeah. He's got a terrible three-cone, but he showed you on tape that he could do the things exactly like he's doing right now for Seattle. You know, he can get deep. Yeah. He can run through press coverage because it's so big and fast. He can run by people. He's good tracking the ball, which I think is key. So, you know, all those breakaway routes when you're talking about posts, he had a long over route where he's crossing the field and just running away from another guy, a fellow second-day draft pick who runs a 4-3, and he's running past him. He's running, you know, away from him. So, yeah, DK Metcalf, I think, is going to be fun in those those few routes that he dominates on. And he, I think he leads the league, or at least coming into this week, in end zone targets, too, which is rare for a rookie. But now you throw Josh Gordon into that mix, and I, I guess Russell Wilson lobbied for Antonio Brown earlier. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know if that, that was that's a, the right move. But a chef to report that uh, the Seattle was doing homework on Antonio Brown before they picked up Gordon, so I think that's that idea is over. But uh, that is interesting. They were definitely looking for a guy there, and I think, you know, ugh, probably better for them to bring in Gordon and he could be your number three guy. And, you know, you can move around, lock it, put him in the slot and have a couple of monstrous wide receivers on the outside. And I think it works really well with what, um, and maybe even better with Russell Wilson than Tom Brady. And not to make light of his situation, but when Josh Gordon is the cleaner of the two guys you're considering, <laughs> yes, yes. Well that might be all you need to know. Uh, the Raiders keep winning here four and four. Now on the season, they beat the lions 31 24. I've come to the conclusion that they're really hard to play against, and I know he's not spectacular, but Carr is efficient and accurate and gets the ball out on time. I think Josh Jacobs is a star. I had some doubts about Tyrell Williams and not really Waller, but are they enough in the passing game? And they are. I mean, they're really good, and Gruden's getting an awful lot out of this group. That offensive line mashes you. I mean, they are maybe the most physical power line in the league. Tough place to play. I, I called for, I, I thought the Raiders would, would end up winning this one or at least make it, you know, at least cover the spread. Um, and the Lions just don't run the ball and they're a hard team to wrap my head around and I'm liking their defense less and less the more I watch them. I agree on all counts there and Josh Jacobs I think way ahead in the rookie offensive yeah. player of the year category, 120 yards on the ground, a couple of scores. He's good in the pass game. Uh, you know, maybe a surging DK Metcalf, Terry McLaurin would be some, some guys you would throw in there, but it, that's, that's Josh Jacobs award to lose at this point, as far as uh, offensive rookies go a couple more games to get to real quick. Uh, let's finish with the Packers. So let's go to Brown's Broncos here. The 
Broncos beat the Browns at home 24-19, 3-6 Broncos, and only two wins for the Browns here. And things aren't quite falling apart for Cleveland, but man, uh, the way they were hyped up coming into the season, and you can't beat a, a team with only two wins like the Broncos, uh, it's pretty telling. Yeah, it is. And I actually think the Broncos offense might be better with Allen than Flacco. And that doesn't mean he's a better quarterback, but at least he bootlegs and moves and does the Shanahan stuff. You know, he's not just a statue. But something I wrote about here is a lot of people have kind of discussed the conditioning and what shape the Browns are in. They won the time of possession battle. They won the turnover battle. They won the penalty battle. And still, an awful place to play if you're not in good shape. Couldn't catch up to Philip Lindsay in the fourth quarter to save their life. And they had high pads and bad tackling and looked gassed on defense. And that's not a telling, it's not a great sign. And it's a mistake a lot of first time young head coaches will make as the season goes on and players are dealing with injury through the week and. You don't condition, you just get through the week and don't, you know, you can get in worse shape as the season goes on. And I'm not saying it's a hard thing for me to totally judge, but boy, the defense looked like it was really struggling when it mattered most. And the Browns are also in pretty bad place. I mean, they have a very easy schedule coming up and that's huge for them, but I think you can, you know, throw dirt on both these teams. Right. And that fan. 75-yarder was as much bad tackling on Cleveland as it was Fant running away. But then once he broke out and had space, you could see that speed. Uh, The final game here, we got to get into a really, probably the most surprising performance of Sunday was that Packers offense. They mustered 11 points. They finally were able to get in the end zone in the fourth quarter. 26-11 Chargers over the Packers. That is alarming. I mean, it absolutely is. And Devontae Adams returned. Yeah. I thought Aaron Jones would run all over the Chargers. Chargers are a talented team. A lot of us picked them to go to the playoffs. I mean, they look like they could be a second-half sleeper that's starting to turn things around, kind of like we talked about the Eagles. I don't know if the Steelers are in that category, but teams that had some pedigree coming into the year um, aren't left for dead quite yet, and the Chargers absolutely fit that mold. Um I know you mentioned the Packers offense, and that is alarming, but the Packers defense to me was never competitive in this game. Like the Chargers attempted five field goals, struggled in the red zone, but Rivers moved the ball at will, whether it was Mike Williams or Henry or handing it to Ekelar or Gordon. It was just five yards, five yards, six yards. I mean, never, this game wasn't as close as 26 to 11, and that's a little frightening for the Packers. And we've got to give some credit to the Chargers defense that played really well, too. Yeah. And one and a half sacks each for Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram coming off the edge. Yeah, getting Ingram back to full strength, too, is huge for this team. And I'm up, don't quote me on this, but I think Derwin can return before season's end, too. Last note, though, on the Chargers, it's also been noticeable that having Russell Okun in the lineup is really what the doctor ordered, too. That's a great point. Absolutely. Keep that uh, keep that old man clean there in the pocket mm-hmm. in Phillip Rivers. Okay, uh, that's it for today, Matt. We'll be back tomorrow breaking down Monday night football right here. Locked on NFL.